This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to next week and get commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about new polling data, Warren Buffett's warning about high public pension debt, the future of private scholarship program, and more. But first, here are some of the top stories from the past week. After refusing to reveal rates for months during his campaign and for weeks as the new chief executive, Governor J.B. Pritzker finally released proposed income tax rates Thursday, and Republicans are united against it. Illinois taxpayers pay a flat 4.95% income tax. That's up from 3% before 2011. Pritzker said his tiered plan would require a constitutional amendment with higher rates for higher earners and would cut taxes for 97% of taxpayers but only by 0.2%. There are tax cuts for people, and most of it comes to the middle class and people striving to get there. But here's the thing. The most important thing that we're accomplishing is stabilizing the finances of the state. Republican State Representative David McSweeney called the plan a disaster. He said the real answer is to cut spending, not increase taxes by $3.4 billion. He doesn't want to cut spending. He's promised uh, to get elected uh, $10 billion of new spending. Uh, This only pays for a third of it. This is the first step toward uh, major tax hikes to come in the future. Business groups say a progressive tax without any reforms will backfire. The governor's plan would increase the flat tax for corporations from 7% to 7.95%. Many small business owners file as individuals, and Pritzker's plan would tax them higher the more their business grows. Illinois Chamber of Commerce CEO Todd Meiss said such a plan will lead to people doing math. They're going to go ahead and find a way to either avoid paying a million and one dollars or they're simply going to go to a state that doesn't have any income tax and they don't have to worry about it. National Federation of Independent Business Illinois State Director Mark Grant said such a plan were to go through. Expect small businesses to pack up and take the jobs with them. And then what happens is you, the people left behind are stuck footing the, the new bills and, of course, all the pension costs that we have. Pritzker dismissed also asking voters to change the state constitution's pension protection clause, saying raising taxes provides more certainty. Pensions, however, take nearly a quarter of every dollar the state brings in. The governor said a change to the pension protection clause would end up in the courts. Legendary investor Warren Buffett says he wouldn't, quote, walk into liabilities of expanding a business in states like Illinois or New Jersey because of significant public retiree pension debt. Cole Lauterbach has more. The Oracle of Omaha says he wouldn't want to invest in a business that resides in a state with high public pension costs, like Illinois. Billionaire business investor Warren Buffett told CNBC that the state pension debt is a disaster, and he would think twice about investing in a business that sits in a state with high levels of unfunded public debt. Uh, In the public sector, you know, it's a disaster. And, uh, uh, you know, some of the, it's interesting to me when they talk about these relocation problems, you know, and New York and Amazon, all that sort of thing. You know, I, I, if I were relocating into some state that had a huge unfunded pension plan, I'm walking into liabilities because, I mean, who knows whether they're going to get it from the corporate income tax or my employees, uh, you know, with, with, personal income taxes or what, but that 
that liability isn't going to, you can't, you can't ship it offshore or anything That's like that. And those are big numbers, really big numbers. He warns that politicians will have to find a way to pay for that debt, possibly by targeting his business or the income of his employees. And they will come after corporations, they'll come after individuals. They, they just, they're going to have to raise a lot of money. I, I mean, when you say that the states that come to mind, having not looked at those statistics in a while, would be Illinois and New Jersey at the yeah. top of the list. Well, as I say, I, I praise my name and criticize <laughs> my category. <laughs> Conservative estimates put Illinois' unfunded pension liability at $135 billion, more than nearly any other state in the country. I'm Cole Lauterbach. A new report says regardless of where you're at on the income scale in Illinois, the land of Lincoln has among the highest taxes in the country. When it comes to taxes, consumer finance website WalletHub reports Illinois ranked number 50th for low-income earners and number 49th for middle and high-income earners. WalletHub analyst Jill Gonzalez said the study looks at all taxes. Sales and excise taxes, property taxes, income taxes. Illinois gets hit pretty hard when it comes to both property and income taxes. Americans for Prosperity Illinois State Director Andrew Nelms said it's not news to anyone paying Illinois' taxes. This is just the, the, the most recent reaffirmation of what we already know, that people in Illinois are taxed too much. And the solution to taxing to Illinois' tax problem isn't more taxes. Nelm said in Illinois' high taxes, not the weather, is the key reason the state leads the rest of the country in outbound migration. WalletHub's report said low-income earners pay around 13% in state and local taxes. Middle and high-income earners pay around 11%. House Majority Leader Greg Harris said that bolsters the need to change the state's flat income tax to a system with higher rates for higher incomes. We need to begin shifting the burden of paying for public services off uh, low-income families and working families and on to the wealthier. Republican State Representative Tim Butler said that's not the answer. He said all majority Democrats can talk about is more taxes. Whether it's a tax on health care, whether it's amending the Constitution to raise your income tax, whether it's a t uh, plastic bag tax, we're talking about all sorts of taxes on, on the people of Illinois. We need to take a look at this and, and really rein in, rein in spending and then rein in our taxes in the Illinois and make it more competitive so we have people coming back to Illinois. As lawmakers prepare to mirror a Chicago tax on shopping bags, state representative from the Windy City says it'll hit the most vulnerable the hardest. Senate bill made it out of committee to tax paper and plastic bags at seven cents a pop, but the sponsor promises an amendment to bring it in line with the governor's plan of only taxing plastic bags at five cents a pop. Republican Chicago State Representative Michael McAuliffe said that he's seen the bag tax in action in his jurisdiction and it impacts the poor and elderly the hardest. If you walk out of, uh, out of a grocery store and you spend $100 and they're double bagging, I mean, that's, it's going to start to add up to be real money. He said lawmakers can expect taxpayer outrage if the tax goes statewide. Cook County went through that soda pop tax and people got outraged. You'll see that same outrage throughout the state and in the suburbs as the people in the city of Chicago are already outraged. Illinois Retail Merchants Association's Rob Carr said his group's on board with the proposal with some tweaks because it'll restrict local bans or taxes on other things. So you will not have other jurisdictions able to regulate other products. Products, um, whether it's straws or cups or uh, you know styrofoam containers. Carr said the measure recognizes the costs to retailers by giving them a cut and brings uniformity to the state. Because it takes, in our view, the right approach if you're going to do it. Governor J.B. Pritzker's proposed budget for the coming fiscal year relies on $20 million from a $0.05 cent tax.
on plastic bags. And like Governor Bruce Rauner in his first months in office, Governor J.B. Pritzker's job approval is low. So low that President Donald Trump has a higher approval rating. Cole Lauterbach has the story. In a We Ask America poll conducted last week, 800 registered voters in Illinois gave Pritzker a job approval rating of 37%. That's lower than President Donald Trump's approval rate of 41%. Ideas Illinois President Greg Bays, who commissioned the poll, says Pritzker's likable, but thinks his proposals for higher taxes and spending aren't going over well. He's not been clear about uh, where he really wants the state to go. And we're talking about the tax policy, which causes people some concern. Um, he has a viewpoint that I don't think is shared by a majority of Illinoisans that, uh, uh, that more spending, more government intervention is uh, um, helpful to the state. And I don't think that they, people are not hearing what his plan is reverse what uh, is a course that most people agree is not a good one for the state. And I think that's what you see reflected in those numbers. Bayes says Illinoisans are more optimistic about the rest of the nation than they are in their own state, largely because residents aren't being brought realistic solutions. They've seen them out for some time, unfortunately, and they're not really hearing concrete answers. I mean, when you talk about, you know, what what's the most important issue right at the top of the list is uh, is creating jobs and, and uh, improving the economy. And you don't hear him talking about that other than the fact that government is going to intervene possibly more in your life and spend more money, money that our citizens know at the moment we don't have. A similar poll from 2015 showed Governor Rauner with a 43% approval rate after his first month in office. I'm Cole Lauterbach. And those are the top stories of the week. Find more online at ilnews.org. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Illinois in Focus, our weekly podcast. It's the Crosstalk segment. Chris Krug, publisher of the Illinois News Network, joined again by Dan McCaleb, the executive editor. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Chris. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. So if, if you're joining us for the first time, if you haven't listened to the podcast or to the program on radio, we are broadcast across the Illinois Radio Network. Um, this is the... Portion of the show where we look at the headlines. We offer a little bit of, of commentary and thought, ask some questions, try to answer them for the benefit of the home listening audience. So, Dan, one of the, uh, I think, more interesting stories to come along and maybe more surprising stories to come along in recent weeks would be this poll 
that was published in the Chicago Sun-Times about popularity among political, I don't know, whatever you would call them, I guess, personages, because you're talking about different people on different levels, but it involved uh, uh, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of the state of Illinois, uh, who's a Democrat, uh, Michael Madigan, Speaker of the House, uh, longtime Speaker of the House, has been Speaker of the House uh, longer than I think most Illinoisans have been alive, 30-some years, 34 years, I think. And uh, Donald Trump, who's the President of the United States, he's a Republican. And oddly enough, in the polling among favorability, Donald Trump polled the highest in favorability rating, which I have to be honest with you, I found that to be stunning. It was certainly surprising that he had a higher favorability number than than our new governor J.B. Pritzker, who hasn't really had time to. He's only been a governor for like for eight weeks. A cup of coffee, essentially. But I'm not surprised that the poll had, had President Trump with higher favorability uh, uh, numbers in Illinois against Michael Madigan, um, who's had plenty of time to do damage. Look what's happened to the state of Illinois under his watch the past you know four decades or so. Um, but yeah, the, to, to see, uh, Trump's favorability ratings were 41%. Now he also had high um, unfavorability ratings at 56%, but his 41% trumped, no pun intended, um, J.B. Pritzker's favor, favorability ratings of 37%. Well, I was going to say, after the 2016 elections, I, you know, I, I, I'd have this factoid that, that I was carrying around. You know, after the election, I would walk up to people at parties and, you know, wherever I ran into people and ask them, you know, there's still quite a bit of sort of, uh, I don't know, depending on how you felt about the outcome of the 2016 presidential election, a little shock or a little awe. I'm, I'm not sure it would be one of those two. And um, I would ask people, you know, uh, 102 counties in the state of Illinois, that's a fact, that's not a question, how many did Trump win? And I got numbers that were like, I don't know, seven, you know, Trump, Trump got rolled. In Illinois, I mean, right. Trump did not perform well in Illinois. Hillary Clinton outperformed Donald Trump by double digits in, in the state of Illinois. But how many counties did Trump win of the 102? Are you, are you asking me to put a guess out? I'm going to ask you to put a guess out because I, I think you might know this, but I don't know that you. You know, know I did. I did know this two years ago, but I'm getting old and I've forgotten. I'm going to guess it's certainly more than half. 91. 91. So he basically lost. All of the he lost Cook in all of the collar counties, and then he lost Sangamon County. Um, he lost uh, the the, uh, the suburban St. Louis County. suburban St. Louis, and he lost uh, uh, Quad Cities and Peoria. Yeah. But the, but he won literally the other ninety one counties. Now, not a lot of people relative in those ninety one counties to the eleven that he lost. But when you see a poll like this, I have to wonder where were the people. Who the pollsters called? Were they spread out across all of Illinois, or were they? I would guess they were not packed into the eleven places that Donald Trump got trounced in 2016. No, no my guess is the majority were in the Chicago and the, and the suburbs. I, I have not studied um, um, uh, their polling data, um, but it, it does sound like, from what I've read, that it was comprehensive. Um, they called folks. Um, both on landlines and cell phones. Which so is different. Right, right. A lot of polls, they, they only call landlines. And they're automated. Right, right. Yeah. So that's an, that's an interesting result. What does it mean? Mm, not a whole lot, right? 
who knows other than, you know, usually there's sort of a honeymoon period. I mean, let's make, make no bones about it. Pritzker crushed Bruce Rauner in the oh, November election. whooped him. And, and it was never close. I mean, the, the moment Pritzker won the Democratic primary, he was the uh, governor to be that everyone knew he was going to right. win the election. Um, so to come in with a favorable rating just less than two months or about two months into his term with only a 37% approval rating is, is kind of a surprising, and it, it, you have to wonder if it speaks towards the policies that he's sort of been ramming down, particularly downstate voters, downstate taxpayers' throats, bringing Chicago-style policies, $15 minimum wage, for example, yeah, and, and ramming it through the legislature and signing it before he even presents his budget. I think it's too early to tell, you know, um, what the public sentiment is, uh, but it really does feel like in America that we're living on just two-year cycle after two-year cycle after two-year cycle, and that trying to gauge or truly understand what's going on in this country in the long view is very, very challenging right now. Right. And it's very polarized. It's been it's more polarized than I can remember. Um, and you say in two-year cycles, well, the next cycle's already begun. Democrats uh, are declaring left and right for, for that they're running for president. They're, they're uh, touring Iowa and New Hampshire, the early primary and caucus states. And, I mean, the campaign season's already begun. It's amazing. Yeah. And we're still, you know, almost two years away from the, from the general election, next well, presidential election. Yeah, I think we'll have about uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like 75 or 80 podcasts between now and the, uh, the 2020 presidential to try to get caught up and make sense of what's going on. wanted to ask you about something else. and just sort of change subjects. That was fun to talk about, but I want to move on. Um, Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, the great investor, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, chief executive officer. And not Jimmy Buffett, then, Warren. Not Jimmy Buffett. There's no Margaritaville involved in this, certainly not for Illinois or New Jersey, which is where I'm going with this. <laughs> Warren Buffett basically said um, in an interview with CNBC this week that uh, he, he would have significant reservations about bringing a business or taking on a business that had relationships or headquarters in either Illinois or New Jersey because of the inherent issues with taxation in those states. I was hopeful, you know, I know INN wrote uh, extensively about this. I wanted to get kind of get your take and see uh, what you thought of, about what Warren Buffett had to say. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly eye-opening and, and, and very interesting. I don't know that he named Illinois and Nevada specifically, but there was no New, doubt. New Jersey was what I said, sorry. Excuse so. me, Illinois and New Jersey specifically, but he was obviously referring to them because he was talking about specifics, particularly um, the large pension debts in those um, two states. In, in, in Illinois, conservatively, uh, the figure is $135 billion. That's the amount <laughs> that, um, uh, that the, the, the pension systems, the state pension systems in Illinois are underfunded. That's their liability. And to be clear, he said, and I mean, he, without uh, Warren Buffett's pretty masterful yes. with regard to getting a point across uh, without being direct. He had said, praised by name, criticized by category. But it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that he's talking about states, if not absolutely Illinois and New Jersey. I don't know who else you'd be talking no, about. No, that's, that's who he was talking about. I mean, without name, we know who he was talking about. We have time for one more quick uh, subject matter. Yes. we gotta, we got to keep keep the, the crosstalk segment in, in between the bumpers here. I mean, we've got to take care of our guy, Greg Bishop, who's oh. trying to tell some news stories here. Uh, 
J.B. Pritzker, one of the um, one of the initiatives that that he's uh, put into play, and 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 uh, the House and the Senate are moving forward on uh, school choice voucher elimination. You want to talk about that? I think that that's kind of an interesting subject matter. Uh, yeah, kind of surprising move. It's I, I don't know if I would consider uh, surprising because he's. He's union-backed, teacher unions-backed him from the But it was such a small, relatively small amount of money. I mean, it, this was not disrupting the, the educational monopoly that the, that, the, you know, that the public, or excuse me, that the private school teachers have you know, in the state of Illinois, I mean, which is very different than other states around the country. But, uh, there's, yes, and it's, and it's really sad because this, this scholarship program, which allows for every year private investors to donate um, uh, up to $100 million uh, uh, in cash to the Invest in Kids program and receive a 75-cent rebate. Excuse me, a 75-cent rebate on every dollar that's donated in taxes. And this money that is, goes for scholarships to families, of, of to lower-income families of students who aren't doing well in their local public schools, and the, and the parents typically wanna, kids in bad neighborhoods yeah, who would have who schools are failing, whose schools are not taking care of them, and to put them in private schools. Right. This thing launched uh, last year, 2017. This right. thing launched, and the very first year of the program, they received more than 30,000 applications um, from students, from students, students and their families. Right. All low, all lower income. Um, unfortunately. Uh, uh, Scholarships were only there was only enough money available to, to get scholarships to a little over uh, fifty four hundred um, students. So they had to turn away twenty five thousand um, students. So it wasn't as if there wasn't a demand for. Oh, the demand was huge, and Jamie Pritzker wants to turn away those those essentially those forty thousand families who wanted it just wanted the opportunity to send their child to a better school. And the reason he's doing that, um, it, sadly, is because the teachers unions are opposed to it. It's kind of a shame. I mean, it's a, I, I, that seemed like a program that, frankly, worked well for everyone. It solved some of the issues, in particular in urban areas where, you know, kids might just have a, I mean, it just did a bad neighborhood, bad school, uh, put them in a situation where they could maybe get a little bit more individual attention and have a higher level of achievement uh, simply because the environment was better. And J.B. Prisker, um, because of his uh, loyalty to teachers' unions, wants to take that opportunity away from these lower-income families. Well, Dan, I, I appreciate the time to talk with you today. It's always a pleasure. Um, you know, I look forward to seeing you again next week. Sounds good. For Dan McCaleb, this is Chris Krug. This has been Illinois News Networks, Illinois In Focus, Crosstalk. Now back to Greg Bishop with a look at next week's headlines. Next week, both the State House and Senate will be back in session as they inch closer to the budget deadline. Committees for both chambers will delve into budget requests for various aspects of state government. There's also talks expected about Tier 2 pensions, property taxes, and there will surely be reaction to the governor's proposed progressive income tax rates. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more stories and commentary online at ilnews.org. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop.